if you're listening for the first time welcome make sure you hit that subscribe button or whatever platform you're listening to my voice on also take a few seconds to rate and comment all greatly appreciate it so yes we are discussing hardy boys if you listen to my season one thoughts then you know that i enjoyed this show and i was excited to see what they did for a season two and here we are so before we get into that there will be spoilers for the show so like if you didn't watch it you probably should stop right now there's not going to be any book spoilers because i did not read the hardy boys books like at all and i didn't even search to see what happens in the books because like i genuinely <laughs> don't really care which sounds bad but like not really it's there's just so many of the books that it's just like uh I don't care I didn't even start to see like differences because I'm actually not sure I mean I feel like they probably covered so many mysteries I would not be surprised if this was one of them and I can also see them being loosely based because like the Hardy Boys series is pretty old I think so there's that um, the other thing is that this is a solo hosted show. It is just me. I might repeat myself. I might go around in circles. You know, we're all human. So give, give grace in that. But, um, yeah, we're going to jump right into this. So Hardy Boys season two, this one stuck up on me <laughs> and I literally spent, so it dropped on a Tuesday, which was random. I'm pretty sure it was a Tuesday because by the time I looked at my, um, like up next on Apple TV, it was there on Wednesday. So pretty sure it was dropped on, on a Tuesday, which was like, yeah, no, we're not, this is going to have to wait. I'm not going to be able to start this until like Thursday night, possibly Friday. So there was that. Also the entire week while I was waiting to watch it, like I just spent my week waiting to watch Hardy Boys, <laughs> which is not the case. Cause I like literally, you guys are about to get a bunch of like back-to-back -back episodes, FYI, a little off off topic because so many things like ended at the same time it's so insane so anyway um but I was like sitting there I was like did I miss when this was dropping I vaguely remember seeing or at least I believe I vaguely remember seeing a premiere date for Hardy Boys season two because occasionally with some of these shows especially when it's been a while and it's been a while for a lot of them due to like <laughs> either external or internal factors over the last two years especially so some things have been dropping later than normal Hardy Boys is one of them because season one dropped in the winter of 2019 or 2020 no 2020 because I believe we were still in a pandemic so yes, in 2020. So like occasionally things like that, I'll Google it and be like, I know we're getting another season, but like when is that happening? So I think I vaguely remember them saying it was supposed to be launching or dropping in the first part of the year. It just escaped me, to be honest. So when it showed up in my up next, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not prepared to watch this. I still have so many other things that I need to like get out of my brain <laughs> before I can take in more new information. But here we are. That is okay. Um, so also, I don't know, Hulu, what you guys need to do. Like, I feel like I vaguely remember Marvel's Runaways having a recap in the beginning. But then as I've been watching more things that have dropped 
that have been gone for a minute on Hulu, like Upload even, which is recent, and now I just started Woke. Um, they don't have a, like a recap of what happened in the last, uh, the last season. I even went to their Instagram page because if you listen to my uh, discussion on season two of Lock and Key, I raved about how I thought it was so smart that on their social media, they have like a quick recap of like, this is where he left off with these characters. Like that is so helpful. Nothing, nothing at all. <laughs> so I literally like started the season, stopped like about two minutes in and I was like, okay, no, I need to Google <laughs> summary of season one because I could not remember. <laughs> So I did that and I was like, oh yeah, okay, okay, okay. Now I remember. So here we are, season two. We're about six months later. I don't even remember what I said as far as like the things that happened in season one. But I do believe I was like, one of the questions that um, I had or was like that we should have going into season two was like, what is going on with Frank and the, um, what is it called? I don't know why I want to call it a stone, but you guys know it's going to come to me in a minute. But anyway, why is he not, or like what is going on with his hand? Like we all saw that light that like lit up on his hands with like the code. Did the power transfer from the stone to him or the eye? There we go. From the eye to him. Like what is going on? So I'm pretty sure that was one of the biggest questions coming out of season one. We get into season two, their grandmother's in jail. <laughs> Also, when you like when we get to the end of the season and you just think about everything that happened to get us to this point, I felt some type of way. I'm not gonna lie. I felt some type of way about how we ended things and how we got to where we are and just this family in general. Like in a way, at least coming out of season one. Like, we know there's this whole thing with the eye and Frank's mom, who we were to assume <laughs> was dead, but now kind of find out she is not dead. She's actually alive, which is just like, oh, so many secrets, so many lies, so many unnecessary deaths. <sighs> Let's back up a little bit. So <laughs> we come into this six months later, all of a sudden we have this kid that's missing during what is called demon week leading up to demon day and I was like oh my gosh here we go like how demonic is this going to be like they try to be a little like not even scary because <laughs> it wasn't really scary at least I could see like for kids how potentially it could be but for me especially someone who just does not like scary anything or demonic anything um it was pretty light very very light-handed so if you're looking to be scared, you shall not. But when I like Google search Hardy Boys and they were talking about season two, they're like, oh, the spooky season two or whatever. It's like, oh, okay, I guess, but not really. <laughs> like I saw that that's what you were trying to do, but it was very, very light-handed. But anyway, so Dennis ends up disappearing. And this kicks off our mystery for season two because season one was mostly around like the eye, what's going with the eye, what happened to Frank and Joe's mom, um, how did she die, all of that. So they get answers, a good chunk of answers. I wouldn't say 
didn't they got all the answers because I just feel like with everything going on with the eye, there's just no way for us to ever have all the answers <laughs> because that family is crazy or their grandfather, I should say, and their grandmother, but their grandfather is freaking nuts. But anyway, so um, this one is all about like what happened to Dennis, um, what is going on with these shady people who have, um, what, were, what were their names? I literally, is this Stratemeyer? I think it's Stratemeyer. What's going on with Stratemeyer who's like taking over where they were trying to transfer or put the eye back together, like that underground area that happened at the end of season one when Joe fell through the ground. Like what is going on with that? Also, can we just talk about, um, what's her name? Not Callie. Biff's mom, stepmom, or I think it's, she's her stepmom. Like how straight up she was just like, we are the police. Like to their faces, like you cannot help. You need to stay out of this. But then that one conversation when she had with the mayor <laughs> that I think Joe potentially walked up on. And she's like, well, they've been right before. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> I thought that was funny. But also, we're going to talk about all the, like, suspicious people this season. But essentially, um, so Dennis is missing, and that kicks off the mystery for this year. And we also find out that Frank has the power of the eye in him. Again, if this is your first time listening, I do not recap the whole thing. I just like to talk about the things that stood out the most to me because you will learn that I am a talker. <laughs> so we would be here forever if I just went through and recapped every single thing that happened in this show. But Frank with the power. I thought that was interesting that that is the angle that we went. I think that makes sense based on where we left off for season one. Some of my issues with Frank being or having the power of the eye was that they try to keep it a secret and I th think that them keeping it a secret for as long as they did and then also keeping it a secret from like their dad and their aunt is what essentially led, leads up to what ends up happening <laughs> to Frank at the end. Like th clearly there are other um, factors into how Frank ends up where he ends up. But... I think had they told their father, maybe he wouldn't have went off um, the way that he did. But essentially him going off kind of like leads to some other answers in other ways. But even them telling like their aunt, uh, then she could have like, I don't know. I just feel like had one of them or both of them known, we could have seen a different outcome. That's just me being like hopeful. Um, but then also keeping it so as long as they did from their friends and part of it was like, oh, we don't know who we can trust because they really didn't know who they can trust. But like considering everything that they went through in season one, and I like how they try to make like, it seemed like Chet was going to be the one to like throw them under the bus. I was just like, it was just not believable. Like every time Chet was on screen, I was just like, oh my gosh, she's just too, too nice. <laughs> it's so nice. It doesn't, it is not realistic that he would suddenly turn on them like if he wanted to turn on Frank he had his opportunity when everything played out with Callie and he did not and they were still really good friends so like 
there was just no way. And I don't know how that actor is in real life, but like his face just seemed, looks really nice. His demeanor is really nice. I'm just like, oh my gosh, there's like Chet as a bad guy. I don't see it at all. Um, I love that they did give him the moment though, when he um, confronted uh, Frank and Callie about how essentially how their relationship ended up playing out in the first season. I was like, oh, you go, Chet. You try to you stand up for yourself and be like, yo, that's not cool. But it was still so nice. <laughs> it was done in such a nice way. I was just like, oh, my gosh. Like, there's just, mm, I don't know. <laughs> I thought that was so funny. But I also like that they gave um, Chet. I like that we got to see more of all the kids because we saw all the kids a lot in the first season you guys if you listen for a while then you know like I love like the friendships and the um siblingships that happen in shows like camaraderie I love group moments I am that person so I love to see all this all the kids on screen either all together or in their various groups and I'm pretty sure the groups were split about the same as they were in the first season but for some reason I feel like we got way more um from all the kids, even, but Chet specifically, because I think I can, I noted that he was there, but not really, like, we didn't see a lot of Chet, he was just kind of, like, this person who sh showed up occasionally to help, but this season, he, we got to see a lot more of him, and I think part of that is due to the fact that we got introduced to this new character, Belinda, who ends up being connected to everything that's going on, um, via her father, which we end up finding out eventually. But I thought Melinda was an interesting character because she's like, wow, Frank and Joe are like the outsiders in season one. She's coming in as an outsider for season two. And her perspective is a little bit different because she's kind of like an in-your-face, like, <laughs> oh, you got a question? Let's go get that question. I did think it was weird that it took, or not even weird, I... Similar to how I feel like Frank and Joel should have told the kids about Frank's power with the eye. I feel like Chet and um, Belinda should have said earlier that, I have to find her name, but the girl who essentially, who they thought was a, um, initially Belinda's father's girlfriend, which... <laughs> jokes on all of us she actually works worked for him she was not his girlfriend which was like an interesting a slightly interesting twist oh we have to talk about the recast of um their father as well so put a pin in that but um, <laughs> I thought that they should have told the kids immediately when they realized that oh wait no that lady we've seen her before like they should have told them that and so I don't know they made it seem like they kind of did it off screen in a way when they had the moment where Chet set her up to meet and like we saw Frank in the background and all that but either way I felt like they could have told them sooner rather than waiting as long as they did Benson was recast so and I don't think it was that noticeable <laughs> of a recast they made a point of saying mentioning it or like referencing it like how different he looks when we first see him in the first episode but honestly had they not mentioned it I probably would not have remembered <laughs> 
that that was that that guy was not the guy from season one. And I've seen the guy, um, the actor who played Fenton in season one. I've seen him in other things. And I try to look up to see like what was going on. It looks like he's in like another show. So that could be why he didn't end up coming back. But they have like similar features overall. And if I'm remembering correctly, I feel like Fenton wasn't really there for a lot of it in season one. Like we saw him in the beginning with the move and all that. And then in the end with everything that ended up um, happening with the kids. But I feel like this season we saw Fenton a little bit more. But still there were big gaps between <laughs> when we saw him and when we didn't see him. So... To me, it wasn't that big of a difference and it wasn't that shocking and I got over it pretty much immediately <laughs> when I saw it on screen, but thought I would mention that. Um, we still have JB. JB is an interesting character because you know he cares for Joe. We got to talk about Joe too because Joe, <laughs> as Joe does, was doing a lot this season, um, but... Um, I think it's interesting the relationship between him and Joe because it kind of saw them um, get, or grow or become not even close and like close, close, but like there's a mutual respect there for each other. And there's like a connection that they both want to have with each other. And so we see JB get snatched up. A lot of people got snatched up this season. We see JV get snatched up by Stratemeyer and then he's essentially like working with them because they're like, he, they're like, we need to know where the eye is. We know the Hardy boys have the eye and you need to get it because they have a tracker to track the eye. Um, but he was like, essentially kind of looped Joe into, oh, by the way, I'm working with Stratemeyer. By the way, they're trying to track the eye. If you have it, you need to be smart. You need to, like, skip town or whatever. So, like, helping them along the way. And then even in the end, when he, um, when Joe calls in his, like, one favor to try to get the stone back. Because by then they wanted to transfer the eye out of Frank back into the stone. So, I thought that was, that was cute. <laughs> also, I feel like we saw more killing this season, like, even though the killing was off screen, but like people blatantly being murdered. <laughs> that was not happening in the first season. I was just like, oh my gosh, we had a whole, I mean, I don't recall hearing the gunshot, but when old girl, I don't know why I don't, I didn't write her name down, but when uh, the girl who works at Stratemeyer, <laughs> when she shot her partner in the bathroom I don't recall hearing the gunshot but like Angela that's her name and I did write her name down I don't recall hearing the gunshot but I do um but like we it is referenced that she's going to kill him and then we like she points the gun it goes off screen and then it goes to the next scene and then later on they like find him <laughs> it was just like oh, okay so we're just straight up assassinating people now on this kid's show so I thought that was interesting um the one thing also that I didn't mention is that this season was 10 episodes the first season was 13 so it's a little bit shorter which I'm not going to complain I think it all worked itself out together and in hindsight I'm glad that it wasn't 13 episodes because I think that they packed in 
Like the story felt very focused to me in the 10 episodes. And there wasn't anything that happened directly related to like the mystery of the season where I'm like, oh my gosh, we needed more time or we need another episode to like dig into that. I think it was very, very focused. I don't, I don't recall feeling like anything felt fillery. And by the time we got to the end, it was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> how are they going to fix this? And if it is a clear cut left it in a way where it's like, okay, we have an idea of what the next season mystery or story should ideally be. And I don't feel like we just took time like messing around in season two. So again, you guys know I love me a short season. So I generally do not complain when we get a short season. And I think 10 episodes was enough for the second season. I mentioned that there were a lot of shady people <laughs> this season. <laughs> there were a lot of shady people. Lucy came off as shady AF uh, for at least for me, majority of this season. Like, I just, if you listen for a while, you know, I got trust issues because I watched too much crime stuff, like crime shows and mystery and all that stuff. Uh, but she just came off as like, oh, I don't know if we can, uh, I don't know if we can trust her. She's come off a little shady. You know, like, Joe, don't don't tell her too much. Don't let her come into the friend group. But, like, at the end of the day, she ended up being just, like, another kid at the school and a love interest for Joe, which I thought was cute. Also, Joe, um, who was played by, let me go back up, Alexander Elliott. These kids, I mean, I guess it's been two years. But season one and season two, I was like, oh, my gosh. How old is he supposed to be? Like, he looked like a, I remember him looking like a kid. He still looks like a kid, but like clearly now he's at the age where it's like, is he in eighth grade? Is he a freshman? Like, which one is he playing? I don't, I'm not sure, or I can't recall them saying how old Joe is, but we know that Frank is 16 in the show, at least this season. And we also know that because he's driving. <laughs> and so in order to drive... Like, I would think you would need to have a license, which I thought the age to get a license changed to, like, 17. But I don't know. It's been a while since I had to get a license, and it was 16 in my time, so. <laughs> um, but Frank does say that he's 16 in this season, so, like, we know that Frank is 16. But I don't think we ever established how old Joe is. But, like, he got his first, like, on-screen kiss in the season and his little love interest and I was just like oh my gosh Joe like they're growing so fast I can't even so I thought that that was funny um what else happened before we get into the the nitty-gritty oh you know what other kids so Biff I thought it was interesting that we were digging more into her backstory of like her birth parents and kind of seeing how her birth mom tied into what was going on in this season and so we see her get the call at the end of the season from the woman that she tried to call earlier in the season, assuming that's her mom. So potentially we'll see what happens with that in season three. Phil. <laughs> Phil is so <laughs> interesting. He is such an interesting character. And I was just like, 
at the beginning when he had the camera, I was like, oh my gosh, his obsession with the camera because he kept being like, while they were looking for Dennis, but where is the camera and all that other stuff? I don't know if Phil is on the spectrum. I don't think anyone ever like said anything about him being on the spectrum, but like what he, I don't know. I don't know. But I just think that he's very, very interesting. Clearly has a crush on Biff. I think Biff may have potentially realized it. Um, or not even realized it, but like, oh wait, like when he was, it was towards the end of the season when he was like, that's my best friend or something like that. And he like saw her react to that. So I don't know, maybe, she, maybe she'll treat him better. Or I don't think she treats him bad, but like, I don't think anyone takes Phil that seriously. <laughs> but he proves himself every single time. So, yeah, I don't know. I thought that he was funny. And another shady person, the mayor. Oh, my gosh. I was just waiting for them there to be some twist and then be like, oh, the mayor is behind everything. Also, I put a note in my notes because you guys know I take notes if I binge it. That he looks like freaking Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I was like, this mayor looks like Gordon Ramsay hardcore it could be Gordon Ramsay's like fraternal twin or something like that I thought that was funny so I was expecting the mayor to be shady and corrupt and behind everything that was happening but he wasn't but kind of find out it was their teacher who was behind who was the shadow man behind everything and this kind of gets us into talking about like the big mystery and the setup for potentially what will happen in season three before I do that though let me go through my notes one more time and make sure that I am not missing anything that happened outside of that oh I put a note more black people because <laughs> the Hardy boy is like the only black person we saw was Chet and so then we introduced Belinda and her father and it's like okay more color <laughs> I did note that I, I, I immediately noted that. So kudos to them. Um, oh, I had questions about why Dennis was still at school after they found him. And he was looking like death, literally. I was like, where's his parents? Why is he in school? I don't understand. And then he had that freak out moment in school. And then he will, he ended up back in school right after that. I was just like, what is going on? Where is his parents? Like, why? Um... Oh, the guy, oh my. I always say this, I'm like, I wish I, I need to find a way to share out my notes because some of the things that I write, it just cracks me up. But the guy from, I think he lives, he doesn't live on Junkyard, but he kind of lives out like kind of reclusive on his own, doesn't really come out or talk to anyone. And initially the kids thought that he was the shadow man, um, but he wasn't. He's actually just like a war veteran who just keeps himself. And during Demon Week, the kids literally prank him hardcore. And then we saw that whole scene when Frank and Chet were at his house. I think Callie was there too. I can't remember. Um, but they like start setting off like fireworks or something at his place. And I was like, oh my gosh, that is not cool. That man is clearly, he clearly has PTSD because he had a horrible reaction to it. I'm just like, these kids, 
there is no way because if they were my kids oh my gosh snatched up so fast like why are you doing that so horrible but anyway um what else before we get into the meat of the season okay yeah let's get into the, to the meat of it because it kind of talks to around like frank's behavior as well so essentially we find out that their teacher is a shadow man and he went to rose grave um and his he's a twin and his twin had consented to being a like not a dummy but like a test subject to have his conscious transferred into the um like the stone and so we saw moments where Frank would see his grandfather and it seemed like his grandfather could see him but like he didn't talk to him and they both were kind of like jarred a little bit initially but like nothing was ever said of it and we have their teacher which I don't think I wrote his name down Mr. Munder I did write his name down <laughs> I did better with notes this time guys I can't believe it <laughs> um but we have Mr. Munder who essentially had been there this entire time because Phil was going to him to help like try to decipher this it wasn't really a map it was like a page I don't I must have missed this this part of like what was actually on the page I just recall him being in detention and trying to work through it with um Mr. Munder and then come to find out he has a twin at first they were like oh it has to be Mr. Munder but then we found out he has a twin his twin is canatonic because the transference of his conscious to the stone did not work and so Mr. Munder overhears Joe and Phil and talking about how Frank has the eye in him. And Joe is like, oh, that's the key. Frank will be strong enough to um, withstand his consciousness being, like his brother's consciousness, consciousness being transferred from this stone into Frank's body. So he snatches Frank up. These are where all my problems come in. <laughs> The kids realize that Frank has been snatched by Mr. Wonder. And I know this is a kid's show. Like, all the things that were happening before it was revealed, like, I was quickly, as soon as I saw things playing out, was like, oh, it's that. Oh, it's that. Because, like, this is a, this is a show that's targeted towards a younger demographic. Like, this is even, I think the targeting is probably younger than, like, the normal teen show targeting. Because, like, the mysteries aren't that hard. <laughs> but I was like, when Mr. Munder snatched him up, and they went back to Mr. Munder's house, they saw his basement and saw that he was trying to transfer the consciousness, his brother's consciousness, back into his brother, mind you. Frank didn't know all this. He didn't even know about the twin brother by when by the time he got snatched up. But he figured it out while he's strapped in his chair. They're like, oh, these are these are the kids back at Mr. Mun in Mr. Munder's basement. 
oh, he's not going to be able to come back here to do what he planned to do. He needs to go somewhere else. I don't know why it did not, like, click in anyone's head that the only place that he can go to do what he was trying to do is to go back to Rosegrave. Chet and Callie had been at Rosegrave, or had Chet been there? Callie, at least, had been at Rosegrave and knew that that is where the original, like, experiment had happened. So, I don't understand why it wasn't immediately like, oh, shoot, if he can't come back to his basement, the only other place he can go is Rosegrave. And they didn't even figure that out until Chet and Belinda set up freaking Angela to get the um, tracker back. And then they saw on the tracker, oh, he's at Rosegrave. So this entire time, like as a viewer, you're watching and you're like, cause we're so used to seeing people get snatched up and then their rescuers coming in at the last minute to stop whatever it is that's happening. So it's kind of a little bit of that where you're watching it cause you're like, oh, they're gonna get there. They have to get there in time. And they kept like delaying it because Frank would ask more questions and just seemed like he was like giving them more time to get there. This was one of those time rare moments when watching something where I'm like, okay, I feel like they have enough time <laughs> to get from point A to point B. Mind you, there are no cell phones. I'm pretty sure this is the nineties. Um, I can't remember actually if they say what year it is in the first season, but I'm pretty sure it's the 90s, just based on like clothing, clues around like things that are happening in the world. It was something else because I was like, it's either the 70s or the 90s, but something happened and I was like, this is not the 70s, this is the 90s. So like this entire time watching this, I'm like, they have enough time to get from point A to point B. They should be able to save him. Does not happen. <laughs> Mr. Munder turns the machine on, transfers Frank's consciousness out of his body. He gets into the diamond. Now, this, this is the part I did not see coming. It made sense to me, and I connected the dots as soon as I saw his grandfather. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my. I was like, his, his grandfather was out here playing the long game. Like, oh, my gosh. If... There had to be an award for the dirtiest person on earth. His grandfather would get it because that is some effed up stuff. Oh my gosh. So as soon as I saw his grandfather, I was like, oh my gosh, I know what's about to happen. <laughs> Mr. Munder's twin is not in there and Frank's grandfather is about to snatch up his body. Oh my gosh. It was just like, this is one of those moments where I was like, I wish these were not like 13, 12 to 16 year olds. And I felt, wish these were like 18 to 20 something year olds because maybe then, which this, they could potentially do the same thing because I yell at shows that are around based on kids in that age range and they still don't do smart things, but I was like, maybe they would be a little bit quicker in realizing what is going on and not be so naive. <laughs> and I think um, the possibility that their grandfather would want to snatch up their body, like his grandfather has been playing the longest game of game playing. 
and I'm pretty sure his grand his or his great grandfather I should say which I mean if you take like that degree of separation like he technically never met his great grandfather so like but it's still like he's your family oh my gosh but like his grandmother and I feel like she tried to warn them and be like oh you need to get up out of here but like they just didn't take her warnings I feel like for kids this age you have to explicitly be like look <laughs> if you don't want your body snatched by your great-grandfather then you need to do what I tell you to do and you can't be giving them like cute clues that they're probably not going to pick up on which I feel like is what their grandmother tried to do but also surprised that I mean I'm not surprised but like considering that their mom is still alive and she doesn't know that her great that her grandfather which is their great-grandfather had that long game of a plan to snatch up her son's body. <sighs> I felt physically sick watching that scene because I was like, oh my gosh, there is no way. There is no way. And the only thing I could think of was like, how are they going to get him out of the stone? Are these oblivious kids going to realize that Frank is not the one in Frank's body. Like, no one's going to ask any questions. We're going to get to that. But I was just watching. I was like, oh, my gosh. And then when you see his great-grandfather, like, grab his head and the eye transfer from Frank to him because Frank is just in such a state of shock, I would just be like, oh, don't touch me. Like, and then I also thought that you couldn't, like, you, the person who has the eye couldn't get rid of it unless they were willing to release it. But, like, his, and maybe it was just the state of shock and his defenses were down. That's why he could take it. I don't know. But I was like, oh, my gosh. And then his grandfather was just like, yeah, this was all part of the plan. I already saw it. And then we see, like, the flashback <laughs> scenes of him leaving the letter for his daughter and then him being like this was part of the plan all along like Mr. Munder's brother was never going to survive he's not here he is gone and it's just so effed up because like you understand Mr. Munder's motivation because like it's his brother but it's also like you're essentially doing to Frank what the people who you hate did to your brother and you're snatching, and Frank kind of says this, like, I have a brother too. Like, you're snatching him from his family and, like, stealing his body for selfish reasons. Like, everything happening is motivated by selfishness on many different people's parts. Because had everyone not been selfish, like, we would not be here. And so then you see um, Frank try to, once he realizes, like, oh, my great-granddaddy is about to take my body. This is so funny, like, saying it out loud. It really is. Um, he tries to go run to, like, get into the light. And you, like, you know watching it, like, oh, he's not going to make it. And then we see, like, afterwards that his grandfather's like, you're not strong enough because you don't have the eye. <laughs> and, like, he is in the body. So then these are my other issues. Because then we really find out. They save Frank or whatever, and they're like, oh, we saved you, blah, 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 two weeks later. No one asked Frank, so what the hell happened in the stone? Did you see Mr. Munder's 
brother. Like, no one asks these questions. No one notices how weird Frank is acting. Because Frank was acting weird immediately once he came about that chair. But even more so, Callie, who is like spent, has spent, of all the friends, I would say, and we're taking out um, Joe because, like, that's his brother, which he should clearly be able to tell that that's not his brother in that body. So, like, don't even understand it. But we're just looking at the friends. Callie and then probably Chet should be able to easily tell that something is not right with Frank. But especially Callie because we have a scene where Frank's, like, really callously and emotionless, emotionlessly, like, we're done. We're breaking up. I don't need this. And like, geez, and I'm hoping that maybe in a potential season three, <laughs> that she realizes that the way that he went about that was not like the way that Frank acts. And she'll be like, okay, wait a minute. We need to figure out what's going on. They can't ask the ask, um, Frank and Joe's grandmother because she dead. She died when, um, her father and Frank's body visited her and was like, oh, look, my plan worked. <laughs> Hi, daughter. <laughs> I think she died from shock or died because to keep the secret. I don't know, but she died. And so they are going to have to figure it out themselves, which is going to be painful to watch because like this, <laughs> they clearly cannot tell the tell the tall signs in front of them today. So, I don't know, but I don't know. It was just like, oh my gosh, so gutted. We know Belinda is staying. Belinda seems to be one of the smarter kids out of the bunch. So, maybe she will be like, that would be so random if Belinda's the one to be like, oh wait, are y'all sure Frank okay? Because he's not acting right. Like, I feel like she's the only observant one. Maybe potentially Chet, but I don't know. So, that's where we left. That also leads into where we could potentially go in season three, like where we have to go in season in a potential season three, because like they need to say Frank, they need to, <laughs> they need to figure out what the hell happened first and then figure out how to save them. But then also, um, I think, well, I don't even, we got to come up with a nickname for the great grandfather who's in Frank's body. I mean, I guess we can just call him by his name, which actually George, I think his name is George. Um, so we'll just call him George. <laughs> so I think we need to, um, they need to figure out that George is in the body, but, oh, this is what I'm saying. <laughs> George thinks the stone, like he has like the, um, the stone gemstone or not it's not a diamond but like he has that stone that has Frank's consciousness in there which and we also don't know like how Mr. Munder's brother's consciousness consciousness died or like why he wasn't there so maybe we'll learn that as well but like he still has that and then I think he willingly put the eye back into the stone and I think that he thought that it, they got rid of it but we saw Joe actually still has it because he's Joe. And so <laughs> the question is, because they essentially have to get the power of the eye back into George Frank. <laughs> and then 
Frank has to take the power from George. And then they have to do all this at like girl's grave. I don't know how they're going to do it. Or like how long of a season that we would have, like how much of a season we would spend of them trying to get Frank back. Because they got to figure out, they got to figure out that Frank is not really there at first. <laughs> and that may take a while. But also like their mom is still alive. So then maybe she'll like talk to Frank and be like, wait a minute, this is not my kid. Or like would they, would their father even tell them that their mom is still alive? Which I feel like that has a play. I don't know. Not because, you know, I, I like to think about how we would do these things. I feel like that would have to be a part of it. Because I just, I don't trust that these kids are oblivious enough. Or not oblivious enough. Um, present enough to realize what is going on. And so I feel like it's going to take some type of adult intervention to even raise the question of, the possibility that there's something wrong with Frank for the kids to be like, okay, wait, you know what? Now that you say that, <laughs> I just don't have confidence that these kids are going to figure it out on, on their own. So yeah, Ugh. George is, is brutal. Oh my gosh. I was, I was tongue, not even tongue tied. I was just shook. <laughs> When Frank got in that consciousness, got in that stone, and he saw his great granddaddy, I was like, oh my gosh, say it ain't so. But that's hardcore. That is commitment for sure. So yeah, we don't have a season three yet. Um, not sure when we're gonna get when we're gonna get an announcement of if we're getting a season three or not. I think we, I mean, based on season one and the fact that we got season two, and if they're trying to like beef up their original series on Hulu. I don't see why we wouldn't get a season three. Um, but I know for season, the season two announcement didn't come for like six months, at least post the end of the first season. So expecting it'll be a little bit of time before we know if we have a season three or not. But fingers crossed, I want a season three because I want them to get Frank out of that stone. <laughs> point blank period so yeah that's all I have on season two of Hardy Boys I want to know what you guys thought of season two what were your gripes what did you love also what do you want to see in a potential season three let me know all the things and I will talk to you guys in the next episode that's the end of the episode thanks for sticking through it to the end be sure to follow me on all the social media platforms at currently building on instagram and at current on twitter also hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on and i'll talk to you in the next one